To celebrate the 37th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda, we'll be discussing what we think would make the perfect Zelda game. Welcome to the Switch Clicks Podcast, episode 124, recorded on February 21st, 2023, 37 years after the release of the original Zelda game on the Famicom. My name is Nathan, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Tyler. Hello! I am Zelda expert. Yes, yeah. you are a Zelda expert mm-hmm. and artist. Yes, that's me. <laughs> I may not know that much about Zelda, but I sure do have opinions about things I don't know very well. So it's all going to work out, I think. <laughs> With a huge portfolio of Zelda games. Mm-hmm. Yep. Two. Huge portfolio. Two <laughs> Zelda games. Very sizable. Haven't beat either of them. Oh, actually, three. I have beat one. I beat Hyrule Warriors on the 3DS. Oh, okay. You know what? I'll so. take that. I'll take that. <laughs> um, so Tyler and I each compiled together a list. Um, we're going to each say three things that we want and don't want uh, for a perfect Zelda game. Yeah. And we're going to discuss those ideas. As the resident Zelda expert, you should probably go first. I feel like No, no, no. Be my the... guest. Be my Be... guest. Oh, okay. Well, uh, do you think do you think we should start with the wants or the don't wants? Hmm, I think positivity is overrated. So let's just start overrated. off on a negative note. Let's make oh. everyone bummed out. That sounds like <laughs> a good way to start this. You want to start off with disappointments? I think starting off with the negative. What's your first negative? My first negative. Okay, this is maybe a big one. I think the next perfect Zelda game is not Breath of the Wild. I think they should not do a Breath of the Wild type. That should, stick as, that should be its own category of Zelda game, like a traditional Zelda game. It's like a bunch of... Maybe like, like take the good from that and put it into a traditional Zelda game instead of basing it on a full open world. So like, what kind of approach are we looking at here? Is it like going to be completely linear, or is it like a massive open world, but you, can, but you have to do it in a linear fashion? I would imagine it's similar to like an Ocarina of Time or like a Wind Waker where the story is pretty linear, but mm-hmm. you can kind of go wherever you want. It's oh, like, it's yeah, I think taking inspiration from Breath of the Wild in some aspects is nice, but also um, I feel like if Zelda just kind of turns into Breath of the Wild, that's a little disappointing because Breath of the Wild, for as good as it is, isn't as unique, I think, as Zelda game, what they were before. So it's kind of like you just kind of wanted to go back to like the Zelda identity and yeah, I think so. Feeling generic, like most open world games. Yeah, I feel like the fear of Zelda staying super open world, it might just turn into a Ubisoft game after a certain time. <laughs> Ubisoft games with Ubisoft mm-hmm. towers. <laughs> yeah i i get i get it <laughs> um ironically enough I, I know uh, you're gonna hate me for this but that's uh, actually oh no. one of my positive points <laughs> i, I, I mean, kind of i kind of do like the enough. breath of the wild open world concept yeah. because um one of the things that breath of the wild did so well in comparison to most open world games is just just like how free how much freedom you actually get you yeah. don't need to progress by level. You don't need to progress in the story. You just kind of 
play any you anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. I do think, like, I think Tears of the Kingdom might fix this. I don't know, but uh, I think Breath of the Wild. The big thing it misses out on is like cool bosses because the mm-hmm. bosses in Breath of the Wild are all kind of cookie cutter because they're not, they're not in well. Four of them are necessary to beat the game, I think. Um, but <laughs> actually, well, six technically, because you do have to six fight them technically. Regardless. Okay, you have to fight them regardless if you go to the oh, dungeons. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So it's six. That's that's all the blights or all the different. There's four the blights. Three, yeah, four blights. Okay, I was four. just wrong. I thought there was three, and then two final Ganons. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes. And uh, you fight the four blights regardless of where you go. Yes. Yeah. For whatever reason, I just assume there are three blights because, like, three is. I is it evident that I haven't played the game <laughs> or I haven't beat the game? I'll let you go on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think is like if it can stay. Breath of the Wild is unique because it just kind of lets you explore. But I feel like if if Tears of the Kingdom or this hypothetical Ultimate Zelda game still has like the uh i can't i do not know any of the zelda boss names but something as interesting as that big black thing with a mouth yeah um or multiple spiders with a big eye that you have to shoot or something like that like giant tentacle monster with a huge eye mm -hmm. yeah because i feel like at least in the first breath of the wild some of the bosses kind of missed that zelda charm Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, it's fine. Actually, every boss, almost every boss in that game is just a Ganon, and it gets a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes a questionable thing. There's a so, big rock and a lion guy. So that yeah yeah I mean the mm-hmm. lion guy came from the first game. The rock came oh. from. I, I don't mean, know. I mean, it's I a big rock. It's not exactly the it's most just, unique it's just, design. It's just a rock, and you <laughs> it's mine a, it. It's a it's a big. It's a lot of rocks. You literally play Minecraft to kill it. <laughs> I can't believe one of the bosses in Breath of the Wild is the Iron Golem. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta yeah, mine that ore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair enough. They both do drop ore when killed. But yeah, you are right. There aren't really there aren't really like that many uh, unique bosses in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. I guess having like having that good balance between a Breath of the Wild styled map, but then playing it in a traditional Zelda format. Mm-hmm. I'd be worried it would kind of feel like uh, the newest Pokemon game, where <laughs> it it's like you can go wherever you want, but you should follow this path. So I, like keeping it open is probably still for the best. I guess it could even just be like the first Zelda game, where the world is open, where each and each uh, temple has its own kind of unique boss, or as unique as you could get for, like, what, five hundred pixels on per page or something. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't know the specs about that. So. I, I don't know what what that would be, but yeah, at least that's what I'm thinking. What's your negative opinion? My first negative. Mm-hmm. Uh. I don't what I really don't want is any sort of complex progression system or inventory system. Mm -hmm. So like think of it maybe like Dyrim's inventory system. Uh you don't want Dyrim. I don't want that. Yeah, that makes 
because there's just even though it's not actually that difficult to manage for a Zelda game, it probably would not be very enjoyable to have all these different menus, all these different uh, like stats that you have to configure, like mess around with and manage mm-hmm. uh, all these types of items and weapons that you have to manage. Um, and this kind of hinges a little more on the issue with Breath of the Wild's uh, what do you call it? Uh, weapon durability system too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I don't think I don't think it's it would be a good idea to have something like a stamina or weight system that many other games have, and it, you know you have to carry a certain limit of items. I just want it to be simple. You collect materials and you collect weapons, and that's it. Um, yeah, I do know. Like when you're playing like a uh, a Bethesda game or something, whenever you open yeah. the inventory, it like <laughs> it like hits me really hard and i'm like whoa that's a lot of information all at once exactly yeah and keeping it simple is definitely for the best i would think yeah uh would you do would you ever be like opposed to a zelda game with a skill tree um not necessarily um because it just has to be done well it just has to be done well and sort of like uh how do i say that kind of streamlined into the gameplay itself like you don't really need yeah. to worry too much about it yeah zelda's never like a lot about the combat it's not like a god of war where each little bit on the skill tree makes you feel exponentially cooler while fighting because mm-hmm. zelda's combat's always been simple and i feel like they wouldn't want to change that cause it's so i it's so iconic to the series and yeah, at the same time, I also want to balance if they had a skill tree. I don't want it to be like super overpowered and you mm-hmm. know, make you yeah, super that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty reasonable. Yep, just enough to keep that reasonable skill level for the player. Yeah, actually, my next negative kind of fits nicely into there. Uh, like you don't want useless items, right? So I feel like yeah. get rid of those one time use items. Like the things you get in the dungeon, or yep. like the like the tools you get in the dungeon and never use ever again. The fidget uh, spinner from Twilight Princess. Yeah, that's what I was gonna bring up. The fidget spinner from Twilight <laughs> Princess. Um, like I think it's cool when you can get a boomerang or mm-hmm. a hook shot, something you can use throughout the entire game, and it's super helpful. But yeah. then when you get like the beetle that carries you up in Smash Bros, <laughs> eh, I don't know how useful that is. <laughs> like consistently i feel like if you give link a tool it should be a tool that like persists and is very like it it's it yeah it persists through the whole game and like he can use it through combat and whatnot yeah i know like the um the batman arkham games are like that or at least the first one is where you um you get like every tool you get opens up the world just a little bit so like you don't get one tool that completely breaks the game every time you get a tool it like chunks open this game more and more and more so and like you can use it in if you get like um like bombs you can use the bombs in combat you can use the bombs around the world the bombs are a consistent strategy it's not like okay so i got this like little computer device that can hack open doors i'm going to use it three times through the game no you're going to use it a lot because there's only like maybe 10 gadgets in that game that you yeah. consistently use. And I feel like that's always the best rather than a fidget. Yeah. And I think like only two ever Zelda games have actually 
done this type of thing. Well, technically three have done this whole useful item thing, like, actually well. Um, I think it was, like, the Wind Waker, the Minish Cap, Breath of the Wild kind of made you, let you use items properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and, like, you know, you can use them anytime, get materials that you want, and you don't have to, like, worry too much about never using them again. It's just, like you said, uh, most other, like, most of the Zelda games fall under the problem where you get an item and you just use it once or twice in a dungeon. And then, like, yeah. all the other times you use it are just out of obligation and not, it doesn't really feel natural. Yeah. I think, like, I think Wind Waker's a, definitely a good example of this. Well, mostly because it's, like, the only one I've almost played to completion out of those three. But, well, like, the right um, one to play. <laughs> <laughs> all the, I feel like every tool in that game, even if, like, it's the metal boots and you only use them, like, four yeah. times, it still, like, feels like a tool you'd get where I feel like some of the Twilight Princess stuff that I've seen in later games granted have not played that game or very far into that game. I feel like a lot of the tools I see late game feel like something kind of just made up to throw in there because they needed yep. another dungeon. Yep. That's and right. <laughs> I, I can, that's, that's kind of annoying. So no more of that in this perfect Zelda game. No more of that. It's yeah, much please. easier said than done, but no one's actually going to be making this game. So <laughs> Please make every item useful throughout the entire game. Yeah, I guess I guess Breath of the Wild kind of did that. With yeah, I would say so. Even um, like the the powers you get for each uh, ghost guy, uh, yeah, they're all useful. Uh, the honestly, the like five uh, Sheikah slate abilities that you get are yeah. very consistent throughout the whole mm-hmm. game. Yeah, use them the entire playthrough, or you know, it's completely optional. And then sometimes you get like Japanese clip of someone like practically breaking the game with their massive <laughs> the wild combo, and you're like, "Whoa!" Flying across the world at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, just snipe a bokoblin that's just hanging out. Yep, he's <laughs> never knew that three boulders and a link will snipe him one poor day but that's just what happened yeah um i guess okay so my next negative here uh it hinges on a bit of how the game is structured okay and it's been a recurring issue from like literally almost every game ever please do not have a prerequisite to higher difficulty oh i know what you mean i I don't know what do other yeah. Zelda games have that? Almost every okay, like I'd say, like about half the Zelda games have a higher difficulty, like a higher difficulty option. But almost in almost every case of them, have some sort of stupid prerequisite that you have to go through. Well, that yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, uh, so it's so, not like an easy, normal, hard. Then like after you beat the game, you can like new game plus and like nightmare difficulty. It's just like the hard is locked behind. Uh, uh sometimes. Sometimes new game plus require. It's sometimes it's like a new game plus, but that's what the hard mode is. In that um, sense, yeah, um, yeah. And then in some games you have to pay money for it, which kind of kind of felt disappointed by. Oh, oh, <laughs> I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. As a Pokemon um, guy, I feel that because the only game that has ever had a difficulty option, it was beat the game, and then depending on the version, if you're playing Black Two, you get tired you get hard mode 
if you're playing white two after you beat the game you get easy mode what in the world <laughs> i never heard about that and you have to connect with the other game in order to get easy and hard mode for the next time you play the game oh my goodness that is insane <laughs> <laughs> very smart game design yes very cheap very affordable mm-hmm. yeah yes. i don't i don't think it's smart to lock a higher difficulty behind some sort of yeah. i think i think you should be able to start it off right at the beginning oh yeah for sure i feel like even if higher difficulty is sometimes just artificially inflating the numbers unlike people's mm-hmm. health and stuff yeah. it's still a nice thing to get the choice to do yeah and don't make people pay for it mm-hmm. yeah that's probably <laughs> the first rule of that first rule of any game don't make people yeah. pay don't make people pay for a difficulty option of all things. Yeah, even if yeah. it adds like 200 hours to your game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in like a, another similar vein, we're like, it's all working out really well here. I think my last negative is more just like a cautionary tale where I feel like anytime you talk about your hypothetical blank, you always get like, you want to take inspiration from other things, which is always good, but yeah. Zelda really needs to stay its own which is good, and probably will always happen. But I feel like given the wrong people, I could see Legend of Zelda becoming like a Elden Ring, like Soulsborne type game. It is already kind of similar, and yeah. Zelda definitely staying its own. This Zelda game would stay its own thing. It would still be a Zelda game and not fall under another category, which is pretty much like a like a filler answer. Like obviously mm-hmm. that is what you'd want, but might as well put it out there anyway. It just Zelda needs to be, be its Zelda. own. It should just be its own thing, mm-hmm. as it always was. High yeah, fantasy, yeah. and you know nothing, nothing. That makes it not nothing that's obviously inspired by other fantasy. Yeah. Um. I guess hinging. I guess banking off of that identity parts. Uh, my third negative thing comes from the idea of how dungeons are laid out. Uh, because I believe in Breath of the Wilds, we've seen a rather disappointing. Dungeon layouts with the Divine Beasts, because yeah, okay. essentially, like, what you have to do is, you know, you get you get the map, and you automatically have the whole dungeon puzzle. And that's the sort of thing I kind of don't want to see. Um, and this was also the problem with many of the Water Temple dungeons, where you kind of, mm. where, like, yeah. the whole mechanic is the whole dungeon itself. I kind of want it to be more of individual puzzles in each room. And yeah, that's that what I enjoyed a lot from the older Zelda games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Having like a... it, It's less of a... The challenge is less... Figuring... It's like figuring out each room is important. Mm-hmm. As opposed to... Figuring out the gimmick of the whole... Uh, every, like... like hmm. I, I know what you're trying to say. It's hard to place in words. So it's, it's like trying to like figure out like the whole main area that you you're yeah. basically stuck in for half the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because I feel like puzzle rooms are always more in, like the 
a Zelda a dungeon built of a bunch of puzzle rooms would always be more interesting than the dungeon just being one big puzzle. And I guess when it's one big puzzle room, it always leads to like backtracking stuff. Yep. Annoying. Yep. Very annoying backtracking. Mm-hmm. That is always the worst. Not, not a fan only, of backtracking. Uh, not only that, but it artificially makes the dungeon feel a lot more um, tedious. Well, yeah, a lot more tedious than it actually is. Yeah, that makes sense. Just because of that repetition you're seeing, it's like you're always back to this main central area all the time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like given enough, like, with enough, like, juice, if you will, that could be cool. Like the, um, the, for- the traditional Zelda forest to get the Master Sword is technically that, going back to the same room over and over again. But that's yeah. like the dungeons gimmick kind of so but like when all your dungeons kind of just feel like i'm in the same room over and over again yeah that's yeah kind of boring now let's move over to what we i feel negative get out of here i'm back at a positive we got all that negativity (laughs) out let's talk about the best zelda what do we want from the best Zelda game? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to start this off with a very um, short but sweet thing. I want Link to be green again. I want Green Link back, please. I want uh... normal night nighttime cap Link with his green pajamas running around with his swords. I like <laughs> that look a lot. And I feel like... I mean, this is mostly frustrations but mm. i just want to i just want green link please <laughs> want green link simple as that mm-hmm. sure i mean yeah. like what can go wrong what can go wrong with going back to green link <laughs> they make green link but he's like they they just somehow to... mess it up they make green link but you have to spend like 300 hours <laughs> Green you link. have to earn Green Link. Oh wait, they already did that. <laughs> they just said the Link from now on is like the kind of off green that you get from the like traditional garb in Breath of the Wild, where it's like kind of green but also kind of brown, and it just kind of <laughs> looks like he's wearing a green tank top. It doesn't really look very good. That would be my night thing. They go back to Green Link, but it's. Kind of the ugly Breath of the Wild green link. So kind of like a bit of a hybrid between the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, I just, I think the uh, original Legend of Zelda knocked it out of the park. Link, if they can get pink hair Link back, <laughs> ooh, I wouldn't be mad. Uh, I, I like pink hair Link. Pink hair Link. Mm-hmm. Blonde Link's pretty good, too, though. They can keep him blonde, all things blonde. considered. Dirty blonde. But no, I best. think that's a a my baseline is I just like Green Link. Blue Link's cool, but he's not. <laughs> okay. Um. So I technically already said what I wanted. Like my my first watch was which was to keep that open world of Breath of the Wild. Um. Basically, what I wanted to emphasize on this was that um, I guess having too linear of a game would 
make it feel like any other open world game. So like, for example, if you chose, if you played Spider-Man, like the Insomniac yeah. Spider-Man games, you'd know that, yes, you could technically explore all of New York City, but in order to progress the game, you have to go through this sequential story yeah. the entire time. I definitely don't think that's a good idea for a Zelda game. Like, you can keep mm-hmm. the other dungeons, but, like, have that balance, like what we discussed earlier with, um, I guess, yeah. the progression of the game, like, just your own progression of the game, um, and, like, how you want to pace it, but at the same time, not make it so free and easy. Or not yeah. make it like the Pokemon games. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like a suggestion. Yeah, basically like that. Um, I, I do think... Um, I'm not sure... I don't think Zelda really did this that much. I feel like if they do it more of like a... Instead of the boss being there from the beginning, you attack him, whatever. If it is slightly more linear, seeing like mm-hmm. a Breath of the Wild open world change over time, like the bad guys are winning... So yeah. like the world's getting more messed up could be cool. Yeah. It would be cool, yeah. That that would be the upside of making the game a little more a little linear. little linear. Uh but no, I see what you're talking about cuz I feel like that might kill the flow that Breath of the Wild tried so hard to build. Yeah. Be unique from other open world games. Mhm. Yeah. No, that makes complete sense. Uh I think kind of another more visual thing is mm-hmm. I think it should have a new art style again. I like oh. when Legend of Zelda switches up the art style. Um, I feel <laughs> every, like every game, games. every game does switch, like every couple games switch up the art style, but yeah. I don't really know what a direction they haven't really gone in is. Hmm. The, uh, the existence of Cartoon Link, Young Link is just kind of Legend of Zelda has a very distinctive style, I think, most of the time. And then you yeah. occasionally get like a Wind Waker or like a lesser degree link between worlds where mm-hmm. the art style changes a little bit. But well, I don't know. I, I have a there's a another little facet that they haven't really dug into. They haven't really I mean, they have a little bit in Twilight Princess. They haven't really dug into horror as much as they probably could. And that could be cool. Maybe not for this game, because I feel like uh, it wouldn't work with all the other stuff we talked about. But I feel like there should be a Zelda game in the future that leans a little more into the creepy side of Zelda. Because I like Thematic? creepy. Thematic mm-hmm. or visual? Uh, I think both, both. To a degree. Because maybe more thematic than than, like, I could see, like, a wind waker art style but the story's like what what's happening they got pretty close to doing that actually <laughs> in which game um, twilight princess or the wind waker 2 which yeah what's i i do agree also to be fair it just also kind of sounds like i think that's um it's like the inner edgy 12 year old in me is like i want <laughs> dark and spiked um <laughs> But yeah, I feel like a a Zelda game at least just leaning into a new art style would be cool because it's been a little bit, I think. It's been a little bit since they dramatically changed everything. Maybe uh, uh Breath of the Wild kind of had a a painterly almost storybook kind of look to it. And if they really pushed that, that could be cool. 
where it's uh, almost not to the same degree, but uh, is the game called Okami? I want to say it's the dog, the white dog with the red that looks oh. like like it's all painted. I know what you're talking about. Um... And I feel like that would be a better art style to lean into. Just really push the traditional kind of Japanese painterly look, maybe. That would actually be really nice to see. Although I know I can understand that some people don't really like the solid outlines that this art style has, mm-hmm. the Okami art style. I think it'd actually work pretty well for a Zelda game. Yeah, I do think, you know, the uh, last time Zelda dramatically changed up their art style, the fans were not the happiest initially. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe people <laughs> learn their lesson, though. I feel like as, yeah. as long as the game is good, then people be happy. But would you like, but what kind of, would you like them to use that Okami color palette or? I don't think so. I think you can more, um, the, the recent, the new Puss in Boots movie is a very, its art style leans a lot into like painterly, um, brush strokey kind of looking art while still having just, normal 3d looking forms where like okami completely leans into it to a degree that i do not think would work for zelda but the just textural look or like uh you remember the promotional teasers for pokemon legends rcs yeah where they really leaned into that yeah that could be cool uh because legends rcs did not deliver on that <laughs> uh, <laughs> as for our review on it, mm-hmm. what you can check out on our YouTube channel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that it's not quite overused yet, and I still feel like there's a little bit of hidden potential in um, switching up. Maybe not the art style, but the like the texture of a Zelda game. You don't want them to use shell shade uh, shell shading again. <laughs> I mean, cell shading could work um, it, with the art style, but I think, I think the new, a new coat of paint would be appreciated in, Zelda, a new, in this new Zelda game. All right. Yeah, I'll take that then. Well, would you consider looking towards a uh, anime style, if, if that was ever an option? I guess or I wouldn't be opposed to it. Studio Ghibli? <laughs> 3D Studio Ghibli? I mean, famously 3D Studio Ghibli does not look that great, but I do yeah. think if done well, uh, Zelda is probably the gaming franchise that probably I feel like encapsulates that feel the best sometimes. Yeah. In like the lighter Zelda games at least. Or even the darker ones. Studio Ghibli can get kind of dark. I, I do think if any big video game franchise were to adopt that style, it would feel the most at home in Legend of Zelda. Well, there technically is already a game, a 3D uh-huh. anime game that does use Studio Ghibli style. What game? No, Nino Kuni. It's the it's an RPG series, um, and I think the all every game every single game is done by studio ghibli or oh later. i have seen this before yeah yeah so i guess uh, you can't exactly 
steal that. You can't, exact, you can't exactly do it, but at the same time, look at how many, styles <laughs> Pokemon, how many animes Pokemon went through. Yeah. Also, the 3D models, at least in the remake, I want to say, remaster, don't look yeah. that great. So <laughs> you could yeah. probably make it look a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost, um, you know how Guilty Gear is animated? Where yeah. it has like the, it's very chunky, it's animated at like 12 frames a second. Yep. And that always just has a really nice look to it. I feel like mm-hmm. a Zelda game could adopt that as well. If they yeah. wanted to push like a Guilty Gear or Dragon Ball Fighters uh, look to it. But that also yeah. is just, I think those art styles look cool. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. uh oh, this one sounds like it's be big. To complement that art style change, I know oh. some people like this, some people don't. It's a bit of a mixed bag. But I kind of want to see a more narrative driven experience from a Zelda game. Oh, okay. And I say this because a couple of Zelda games have overly impressed me. Um, because of how deep they go to, like, thematically and also, like, through character development and character relationships. Um, mm-hmm. Very few Zelda games have actually been able to do this well, whereas all the other ones either felt generic or they just felt like they tried to have a good story and didn't really hit the mark yet. Um, yeah, I can see that. I don't think I've ever heard someone say, like, the Zil- the story in this new Zelda game blew me out of the water. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see here. So Majora's Mask, uh, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with many of the side quests. The whole, like, a lot of the side quests in that game dive into some really, like, dark and deep themes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of want to see that happen again in the Zelda game. Uh, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe not to the darkest, darkest extent, because Nintendo is changed now, but so something... Like In-depth, like you want... Yeah. Having, like, I think uh, Majora's Mask really helped because it was, like, a small community. Like, you're, like, the map isn't the biggest thing in the world, mm-hmm. and, like, so you can really fall in love with very specific characters. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially with the technology we have nowadays, I you can probably, like, having more in-depth side quests that dive deep into the characters uh, mm-hmm. in the world is always a fantastic addition to literally anything and would be right at home in a Zelda game where, like, you already have these weird people like Beetle hanging around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be nice to have a little bit more of these side plots and just get to know every character, like, just to remember every character a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. It really would complement the like wacky designs a lot of Zelda uh yeah, a lot of Zelda characters have that uh, all things considered, I haven't heard many people talk about like the guy in Wind Waker who is wearing like a winter coat and sells you the flag, the uh the ship sail or something. Or how about the yeah. Elvis hair looking guy from the Wind Waker? Yeah, the Elvis hair looking guy. <laughs> I yeah. Think <laughs> Diving deep into those wacky characters would really help everything, I feel. Yeah. And I think it shouldn't just be like the side pl- like the side quests either. I think it should be the main story. 
as as much oh, as I yeah. hate to admit it, uh, Skyward Sword probably had one of the best stories of the entire series. Oh. And this was because the ending kept pulling on your heartstrings, and it suddenly swept you off your feet. Like, it pulled the carpet out, of your, out from under you at certain points at the ending. And I think it really hit dramatically when you have to say farewell to one of your companions, and then suddenly also witness another character die. Ooh. I have not played the game, so I'm in the dark here, but that sounds... I, I, won't, I won't specify who for you, but... Mm-hmm. It and does anyone get, else who hasn't played the game. It does, very, it, get, it does get very cinematic and dramatic in that game. Um, you love to hear it. Even just the relationship between Link and Zelda felt a lot more real compared to most other Zelda games. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's always a good thing. I, I do know from the limited Zelda games I've played, um, I think I liked the Tetra-Link relationship in Wind Waker. Yeah, but that like, was pretty good. Um, Twilight Princess. We just are ragging on the game today, apparently. <laughs> that uh, was... <laughs> Twilight Princess, Zelda really does just kind of feel like she's standing there the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, that's what she's she there does for the sure. <laughs> Stands there, but... shoot arrows. Stands there again. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's also how she just plays. True. They really captured that vibe, I think. True. <laughs> Stands, there. Stands there, shoot projectiles. Exactly. But no, yeah, I completely agree. I think having a Zelda game come out and people are like gushing over the story would be mm-hmm. very cool. Because I feel like the other medieval-ish anime Nintendo game tends to have people crushing over the stories. Actually, both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only, if and... only our two resident fan, our resident <laughs> fantasy tactical RPG fans were here. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I can talk about the story in Pokemon games. <laughs> you know, they're famously really in depth and awesome. Uh, but says no one ever, unless you're a black and white fan. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and even that, even then, I don't want to get into it. But <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. And honestly, in a similar vein, I feel like a deep, a deep story that tugs on your heartstrings. I think a good twist could be a uh, in order to in like a storyline twist. We talked about this a little bit. I think two or three weeks ago yeah um but i've just haven't really stopped thinking about it i really think it'd be very cool if a zelda games boss was like a corrupt version of a past link or something that maybe would be absolutely amazing <laughs> like a link you in like twilight princess again there's the guy who is link but he's not evil he just helps you fight but i feel like having a, an evil link that isn't dark link that maybe you don't realize is link until the end but having like that be the focus of the story and maybe leaning a little more into the zelda timeline because they haven't really i don't think they've really touched that right they haven't uh, really yeah, mentioned they, it much in guy in game yeah they it's, just intentionally invo- avoided it well they they did make a bit of a implication but that was more yeah. Of a, that was more of a fourth wall break. Mm-hmm. And like you could lean into that more, but also that could get you into like a whole slew of problems that mm-hmm. like um, 
superhero stuff always has to deal with where yeah. it's like i'm gonna destroy the timeline <laughs> no you're not and then he stops them like i don't think a zelda mm-hmm. game wants to have that but i do think having a maybe ganon corrupted version of a link almost like uh i do not know their name the person from link between worlds is kind of like that where they're a uh, ganon corrupted. sure they're kind of like a a dude who just gets corrupted by ganon i feel like if you have that but the person who's corrupted is a past link that could be awesome i think if you wanted to make even more traumatic have it have a corrupted version of a link that you've already played before yeah and so now you're fighting yourself in a in a different in a technical sense Hmm. Uh, almost a okay. It could either be the, the like the split point. I think it's like Link dies. That's where it splits, right? Link yeah. dies in a certain game. Which game is Ocarina that? To- Ocarina. Ocarina. It could be that one, or it could be like the beginning of the game. You're in like feudal Japan, playing as a Link, and it's like a forced loss against a Ganon boss, and then the Whoa. final boss is that feudal link from the beginning of the game. That could be you know, a... if that, you know if that's the plot of Tears of the Kingdom, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be hilarious. That would be very funny. But <laughs> I think that could be a cool way to mix up the formula because it's not like Ganon's the final boss in every Zelda game, but it yeah. is a good majority of them. Yeah, so These, mixing a, a sizable number. Yeah, mixing up isn't the worst thing in the world. Actually, yeah. on that point... What are, well, who's the main villain of the DS ones, like Spirit Tracks and uh, Phantom Hourglass? Phantom Hourglass has Bellum, Spirit Tracks has Maladus, and Chancellor okay. Cole. So they're not Ganon games. They're not Ganon they games. No. Yeah, oh, I didn't okay. Think they were. But like oh. Maladus does kind of look like Beast Ganon eventually. So. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Almost fights like him, too. <laughs> He's like his purpose. cousin third, three times removed, probably so. Doesn't He's quite also count. a demon. Mm-hmm. Just like Ganon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think that could be a very fun little twist on that. But, yeah. yeah. Alright. Okay, so was that actually your, your other wants, or? That, that, was my, that was my last want. The, okay. The past hero is the villain. Uh, my last want might feel very underwhelming on this uh, huge after this huge rant. This kind of does relate back to what uh, you said earlier about better bosses. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of want more unique themes and dungeons. Um, yeah. Like, we need something that... I, this wasn't just a Breath of the Wild problem, but many other Zelda games kind of felt like they had copy and paste dungeons or mm-hmm. it, i think breath of the wild might have been like the the it, moment it, where it kind of clicked in everyone's mind they yeah. went oh yeah yeah we need more unique dungeon themes something to match with the environment and something to match with just the overall theme of the area that you're playing i think we i think we're missing a lot of that in yeah. uh, zelda games even if in like Tears of the Kingdom, you find a shrine that's in like a forest, and the shrine itself has like tree roots coming through or something because it's yeah. been dug underground or something like. That. 
yeah, that'd be really nice to have. Like, don't have it just like technology or uh, mm-hmm. so, like a maze or something like that. Have it so it matches the actual vibe and atmosphere. And don't yeah. play the same music too. Play play something that matches <laughs> the. Play something that gives it a unique, um, unique tone. I'd be willing to agree, especially considering Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I mean, I imagine Tears of the Kingdom have a very like overgrown, desolate kind of feel to them. The fact mm. that the all the dungeons in Breath of the Wild are very pristine, all things considered, is a little jarring. Yeah. And not only that, they barely really, they don't really have any features besides technology and the occasional lava. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good list. I think we've made the perfect Zelda game. I don't know. (laughs) Any honorable mentions of something that you're iffy about? Hmm. Kind of on the verge Um, of wanting and don't wanting? I want the owl back from uh, Link Between Worlds, right? Link to the Past, where uh, he he's the owl at the save point. We haven't had an owl save point in a while. Or is it a quill? Uh, owl save points came from Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask, that's what they are. But the actual, talk, the actual talking owl <laughs> came from Link's Awakening. I think I was thinking of the Link Between Worlds. There's like crows and stuff that hang out around the save points or something. Ah, and I just think birds. Birds. I just think there should be more birds in Zelda. <laughs> more but birds in Zelda. I don't think that's a big enough point to. <laughs> so that's like that's my honorable mention. More I mean, we already have you. we already have a huge talking bird who access Link's rival. That's true. And when that plays Maybe music, it's him over and over again. Him? Yeah, he just hangs out at the every save point. Oh. <laughs> Dear gosh, <laughs> that would be insane. Nightmare. Be mocking you every time you save your game, telling you how bad you are at the game. <laughs> oh, you just save? What? You're scared you're going to die? Ooh, that's what he says every time you walk up. <laughs> Don't tell him we said that. <laughs> um, I guess one thing I'm on the bridge about, kind of in between is um having a what do you call it having a bit of a reference or easter like having enough easter eggs or references back to the Mm. older games um i think breath of the wild that pretty well where it just kept everything at a vague level um but i don't want it to be like shoved in your face unless it was absolutely necessary to the story yeah i Um, think they should do another uh thing where there's one winner and gets to be put into a Zelda game and it's the most cryptic way to unlock it ever and it takes a decade, that would be fun. <laughs> Just make another one of those. A secret room? A secret gets... room. Yeah, a secret room that just has a guy's name in it that took like a, that's going to take like a decade to find. That sounds like a good... <laughs> okay. That'd be a fun contest to have. <laughs> you know? But... Mm-hmm. You know how you know how everyone you know how big the culture oh. community is. Yeah, you're you're gonna have your game data mined in a week, and Boom. they're gonna find out where it is. Yeah, <laughs> uh... you go into it, and it's like um, it's in like the style of it just completely changes the game's art style to like a link to the past, and it's just the same room except a new guy's name in it. 
Thank you for joining us in discussing our ideas for making the perfect Zelda game. We would love it if you could follow us on Twitter and listen to future episodes on Spotify and iTunes. Join our community Discord server to continue today's discussion, and we'll see you next time on the Switch Clicks podcast. Thank <laughs> you.